3: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
5: What's up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire. For Thursday, June 16th. Huge day across Los Angeles. Final day of school for the kids. kids. My kids very excited. Of course, at the end of the school day, which is a half day, many of them go to the beach because, you know, that's kind of what they do out here in L.A. Also, this evening, Game 6 NBA Finals. Before that, we've got a special guest, Anthony Slater. Covers the Warriors for The Athletic. I've been having him on my podcast, radio show for about the last six years. He's among the best, if not the best, at covering the Warriors. Knows the players so well. Excellent stuff. You guys are really going to enjoy it. Especially diehard Warriors fans who are thinking to the future. Can we can we run this back next year? Like, Wiggins only has one more year left on his deal. We dive into all that stuff. You'll like it. Celtics fans, it's looking bleak. Uh, it's weird. I'm uh, so many people like Boston in this game. It's a little scary. Everybody just says, Oh, boss is going home. They lost two in a row. They hadn't lost two in a row. All playoffs. They're going to bounce back. They got this. This is going seven. And it very well could, or does Clay Thompson show up because this is game six. And that's what he does. Clay Thompson, Mr. Game six. Obviously the OKC one was just legendary and game six tonight in Boston. It'll be a lubricated crowd. Nice summer night in Boston. I, I don't know if this was maybe it was probably 30 years ago. Sometime this week, I think, was the OJ Simpson chase because I remember it was Knicks Rockets in the finals. Me and my buddy, and I think I've told this story before on, on the radio show. My buddy and I took these two girls out from like a rival high school on like, a, it wasn't even really a date, it was like a hang. And, you know, we were young kids, uh, high school. Just got our license, maybe. I don't. I don't even know if that is accurate. It definitely wasn't thirty years ago. This is like nineteen ninety four, and we went. We took these two girls out. I'll never forget. We stopped by McDonald's, and this it was not like a real date. We you know we took them to McDonald's, get the cheesy stuff, milkshake, fries, whatever. And I look up at the TV, and there's the O.J. Simpson chase happening. I was like, oof. And I will never also forget that night. One of the girls, we went to like this park to hang out, and. She had said how she had a baby pet alligator and it had died while they were on vacation. And the person who was babysitting the baby alligator in like the tank or whatever put the alligator in the freezer so that they didn't have to like throw the alligator out while the people were on vacation. I was like, You're making up this story. It was such a, a far fetched story. I'd never heard anything like that. I don't even remember the girl's name. Oh, I do. It just hit me. Oh, my gosh. i got to look her up on the internet before I reveal it here. Um, But goodness gracious. Listen, I have a lot of NBA memories. And Rockets-Knicks was that night. That series broke me as a Knicks fan. John Starks, such a Starks guy. And then, of course, the brutal brutal end to that series it's just unspeakable at this point i don't think the warriors go out like that i i I don't even know if we'll do a best bet after the interview with slater i'm probably just gonna have to put it online because i got to give this some deep thought i will say this two interesting news items one is the starting safety for the indianapolis colts he's actually pretty good kahari willis he's 26 years old decided to retire to pursue a career in the ministry okay Just bailing on the Colts. And this is interesting because, you know, I really like Indianapolis this year. They're a sleeper team for me in the AFC. They got rid of Carson Wentz. Didn't like him there. I think Matt Ryan's a massive upgrade. The Colts, I think, saw something was amiss maybe with Willis because in the offseason, they did add a former Eagle, McLeod, and they drafted a uh, safety in, in, I think, the top third round maybe. It was a third round. Um But it's interesting because Willis was actually a good player. And I remember a few years ago, this was like a much bigger deal. Maybe it was like six, seven years ago where a couple players retired. There was a guy, Borland, who who was a stud at, I think, Wisconsin, and then went to the 49ers and retired. I was like, oh, my gosh. It was all this concussion stuff. And now it's like, oh, he's just retiring because he's done with football. I mean, he was a good run stopper. It just doesn't feel like it's a huge story. I mean, it's a safety on the Colts. It's not like he was a pro Bowl or anything. Nonetheless, this is just – I'm putting it out there now. I like the Colts this year. They will win the division. Lock that in. The other story is interesting. I took We took my son out to dinner because he's graduating fifth grade. And all of a sudden, I look at my phone, and I've got all these texts. Some of them are about a basketball game we're supposed to play this morning. I will not be playing. The rest are about the Dallas Mavericks doing the rare in-division, in-state trade – with the Houston Rockets, who apparently could not unload Christian Wood quick enough. I mean, Christian Wood, a very good player, only 26 years old. Folks, they gave up the Rockets, a borderline all-star. That's what Wood was. He was on track to be an all-star, and then his numbers tailed off and he didn't make the all-star team. Also, the Rockets were terrible. And what did the Mavs give up? They gave up three guys, none of whom were in the top 10 for minutes played in that series against the Warriors. They literally gave up end-of-the-bench guys and the 26th pick for a borderline all-star. What are the Rockets doing? I, I don't understand this at all. And I know normally we wouldn't talk about a minuscule NBA trade like this. Here's the problem. The Mavs are close to the finals, folks. They made the conference finals. They have who I think is the overall best player in the league. I know defense, Luka Doncic. And they added a guy who's going to help immediately. Because remember, in that series against Golden State, their center, Dwight Powell, he can't step out and hit threes. And essentially, they got nothing from that position. Now, this is also a team that gets Tim Hardaway back, who was arguably their second best player a year, not this past season, but the prior postseason against the Clippers. It was Luka and Hardaway. They get Hardaway back. So now, if you're a Dallas Mavericks fan, folks... You got Luka. We'll see what happens with Brunson. Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Christian Wood. And I know that doesn't blow you away, but coming off the bench, Hardaway and Dinwiddie? I, folks, this is a strong team. I, I think if you just look at top, seven, top eight, we'll go top eight players. They've definitely got top five in the league. Top five, top eight players. Now, there's a chance that they move on from Brunson and just let Hardaway take his spot. And then they have Dinwiddie running the second unit. I do like Brunson a lot. If if Luka goes down for an extended period, Brunson can help. But are they willing to pay him? What can you get for Brunson? I floated the idea of Julius Randle. I mean, geez, you get Julius Randle on that team for Brunson? And then you've got actual toughness and beef inside. Now Wood is not a great defender, but he did shoot 50% from the field, 39% from three, averaged 17 and 10. And a bunch of people tweeted at me that, oh, this guy was not a good teammate. Well, what do you think, guys? You know his story. He was, like, basically selling shoes at Foot Locker and then worked his way to the league, goes to the Sixers for five minutes, then the Hornets, then he's out of the league, then the Bucks, Pelicans, Pistons, and they finally hit with the Pistons, and then he got to the Rockets and made some money. But, yeah, I'm sure a guy who worked that hard is unhappy that he's been on a bunch of bad teams or teams he can't really impact. He's going to have a shot with Dallas, and it's probably going to either end really well with Luka, and they make a run to the finals or something like that, or he ends up punching out Luka because he can't deal with it. And we know uh, you know, Wood has had his issues off the court. Um, we don't really need to get into them. They're not awful issues, but listen, he's hanging out with Kevin Porter, who is a really talented player, but has a bit of a checkered history back to USC and even in Houston, and we know he likes to party. He's a young guy, and he just wasn't a good influence. I, I think this Mavs team will be a much better fit. This will be the best team he's been on. He was on a, a good Bucks team, but he didn't play much. He was barely on the team. I, I Listen, there are red flags, obviously, but for one year, $14.3 million, and you're giving up three end-of-the-bench guys? Like, come on. I'm sure some people will be unhappy that Boban is gone, but maybe the Rockets decide we don't even want Boban, and, and he takes a minimum deal. With Luca and the Mavs, because we know Luca is, is tight with Bobon. Uh, uh, some people also seem to think that the 26th pick, oh, the Rockets now have three first round picks. Guys, in the last, let's see here, 20 years, these are the best number 26 picks Landry Shamet. He's gotten paid. He's okay. He's not an all star. Cork of the Sixers one of the Plumley brothers, Todd Gibson, who I've always liked, George Hill, solid player, Jordan Farmar, shout out to Lakers Nation, Kevin Martin of the Sacramento uh, Kings, who was probably the best number 26 pick, if you look at that list. Folks, that's not a lot of all-stars, not a lot of, like, Dallas was not going to get somebody at 26 who was going to help them get over the hump. So, I think this is a no-brainer trade, this is a huge win for Dallas. Listen, Wood could implode, and obviously then it looks terrible. But I think it gives them an option that's one guy inside so the opponents can't have a layup line in the playoffs. And I think if you Brunson is going to be key. Do you keep him or do you try to flip him because he's your final asset? I don't know that Hardaway coming off the injury has a lot of value. I don't know that Dinwiddie has as much value. We know wings are imperative in this league. They have Bullock. They have Finney-Smith. They need one that can spray threes, and Christian Wood could be the guy. So I think it's a great win for the Mavs via trade. And um, I think that's all the news. Let's get to our guest, Anthony Slater, who covers the Warriors for The Athletic.
2: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on-and-off-road adventure. Go to tirerack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Michelin, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
3: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick know a guy jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports i know what sports fans want but for everything he doesn't he knows a guy who does let's just say i know a guy who knows a guy who knows
4: another guy
5: all right let's welcome into straight fire a guy i've known since i had him on my radio show almost It felt like weekly back in the day when the warriors were ascending and building the great dynasty anthony slater from the athletic how you doing man
7: I'm doing great. You know, uh, only a couple games left in the season. I do think these finals, I'd, I'd actually like to get your opinion on it. I do think these finals are probably the best the league has had since at least 2016, that that yeah. Cavs Warriors game or series. It, it,
5: it, I would agree with that. The problem is there hasn't been one, one sco- uh, single digit game in the series. They always end up in, in blowouts. I don't know if that's Boston failing late or the Golden State Warriors in game one. But uh, Anthony, a lot to chew on. I am curious, and again, nobody's playing a violin for media members who have to fly across the country. But what's it like? I know I don't know if you have young kids, but the school year's ending, summer's coming up. Like, are you able to do anything other than focus on the NBA right now for like the last I don't know month?
7: You know the the extra off day in between games like allows for a little bit of that, mm. um, but that's only for the finals. So I, to be honest, like you know the Memphis second round series is probably the toughest one. It went six, but it's you know, every other day by that and because you're in the second round and there's no indirect flights between San Francisco and Memphis, even though Ooh. it's considered a conference series, you know. Um, so this one isn't too bad. To, like I said, the, that first off day, which would have been yesterday at this point that we're talking, you get a little bit of family time.
5: OK, that's good to hear. I, I asked that also because one of the big questions was who's going to be impacted more by the final schedule? And I think the 22111 really hurts the Celtics given the the issues with Robert Williams Al Horford's age I don't know that it hurts the Warriors at all
7: Yeah I mean I- I'm sure and like if Andre Iguodala was bigger minutes which he isn't or Um, you know, if Steph Curry's foot injury was a little bit worse, maybe it would have. Um, but I think we've seen with that one, it was more of a scare than an actual, you know, long, you know, longer term issue. So I would agree with you. Also Boston's coming off seven against Milwaukee, seven against Miami, whereas the Warriors went five, six, five, pretty easily through the West. Mm -hmm. Um, where if you look at the total minutes in these playoffs, like Boston's guys are way higher than the Warriors guys. So I generally agree, although, you know, they are the younger team, technically, but they do seem to be the more beat up team.
5: Oh, certainly. And facing the heat, a, you know, a rugged team. Uh, Milwaukee's got a bunch of big guys. I mean, you know, you're right. Golden State faced kind of some pace teams, you know, the Denver Nuggets, Memphis. They, uh, Dallas doesn't even have any bruisers, So it, it has been an easier road. I don't know, Anthony, I guess you zoom out for a second. You're like, man, the Warriors are back here again. Like, this seems quick. A lot of people were writing them off after KD left, Clay's injuries. Uh, this has been quite a run. I, are you surprised that they've extended the dynasty?
7: Yeah. I mean, I picked them like, I think like four or five seed coming into the season. Like that's mm-hmm. what kind of where I thought they'd be. And I felt like I was on the optimistic side of the train. You know, we had um, some of the stats models had them like 10th in the West, oh. I think. <laughs> Yeah, our guy, John Hollinger, loved him at our place, but I think he had him like 11th in the West. I mean, it, there was definitely some unknown coming into the season, the age, the huge factor. Clay Thompson, you just did not know what Clay Thompson was going to look like coming off probably the two most devastating injuries in sports, basically. Um, and he, not that he's had some spectacular return, but he's sturdy enough to be like a really solid rotation player at this point. Um I saw the pool thing coming, I think, earlier than other people because you could see it last season and even into the summer, and that's been just a huge factor for them to just get that extra score. Um, Steph Curry's elongated prime. I think some people doubted that a little bit. That's You have Mm -hmm. to have a top five, top ten player to be a championship-level team, and he just, at age 34, still is that, which that's difficult to do. Um, And then they've spent money very well. The Wiggins trade has turned into – you know, from – what I thought was probably a home run at the time, but like grand slam basically what they did, (laughs) what they did to Minnesota with that trade. Um, And then you have youth. The other thing is like, this doesn't feel like, oh, well, it's one last ride for this old core. Like they're relayering the roster with youth. They kept the three lottery picks, you know, and at least I'd guess at least two of them will be, you know, good players. So this feels like maybe the start of a second run, it will not be as dominant as the first run, but they're going to be contenders for a while here.
5: Yeah, it's surprising to hear that, uh, given how, you know, Clippers are going to be very, very strong next year. Lakers obviously will be back. Denver will be better. But you're right. Uh, Relayering is a good way to put it. I got to ask, though, like the Andrew Wiggins thing. You said it with home run. You know, Brian Windhorst made a good point that this is kind of a situation where Golden State was just willing to outspend people. They're willing to go deep, deep into the tax for Wiggins at the time was what going to be their fourth best guy after Curry, Clay and Draymond. And now he's been their second best player and he's making, what, 30, I don't know, 35 million a year or whatever. Like, how much does the Warriors are willing to spend just matter more? Because I think Phoenix and New Orleans have never gone into the luxury tax with cheap owners. Golden State just has good owners, right? They're smart.
7: Yeah, they spend money. They make money, too. You know, that's that's a huge deal here, right? They, They they made Chase Center. Uh, which is just, you know, kind of a a cash machine. Um, And the sequencing of that Wiggins deal matters here, where the big, you know, I guess decision was when when KD was leaving, do you just let Kevin Durant walk for nothing? He was leaving a free agency. They obviously weren't going to trade him that deadline. They almost won the title, should have probably won the title that year. Um, And they just decided to instead of letting him walk for nothing, keep that salary slot alive. Cause that's the big thing. Once you let that salary slot walk, you can't refill it. So they got D'Angelo Russell in the signing trade. He was the only guy that could have got, cause he was going to Brooklyn and D'Angelo Russell was one of Brooklyn's unrestricted free agents at the time. So they are like, sure, max D'Angelo <laughs> Russell, why not? And that wasn't about thinking D'Angelo Russell was going to, you know, solve the issues they were having. It was just like, Hey, got to keep the money alive. That ends yeah. up turning into, Wiggins and Jonathan and the pick that became Jonathan Kaminga. That's what made the trade so, you know, obvious for the Warriors to do. It was like Wiggins is a better fit, but they're both bad salaries. But you get Minnesota's, you know, pick, which became the seventh overall in the loaded draft. Um, but generally, to, back to your point about ownership. Yeah, they, they spend. It's, it's a huge deal. Um, they, they even, you know, I think they're willing to even have bad deals in a sense to keep their guys around. Like Clay Thompson's max deal at this point is not market yeah. value is not great. But, um, you know, the, the, this dynasty core has made money for ownership. And I think it is a healthy thing in sports that that an ownership group making money is investing it back into their product. And, and it, it's like a it's a healthy cycle because it gives fans an unbelievable product. And honestly, it makes the Warriors money. They are in the finals making about what, like grossing about 15 million per finals game. If wow. they don't spend, they're not getting that money because they're not here. right? Yeah.
5: Wow. So now w- Wiggins is interesting. Uh, I'm looking again. It's actually thirty one five is what he's making this year. Thirty three yeah. next year. But after that, he's a free agent. And you got to wonder, like, is Kuminga ultimately the heir apparent to the Wiggins role? Uh, Moses Moody seems like a player. I know he hasn't really gotten on the court in the finals much, um, but I don't know. Is Wiggins just a, a-, a band aid that has worked out? And oh, by the way, um, why the hell was Carl Anthony Town so hard up to get D'Angelo Russell? and lose Wiggins. Do you have any answer to that?
7: Yeah, they're friends. They're like best friends. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, they're like really good friends that when D'Angelo Russell signed or agreed to the signing trade took the max from the Warriors, he was on a helicopter with the Minnesota Brass with Carl Anthony Towns with, you know, their whole group and he like I don't want to say like backstabbing, but he, but I remember it was an awkward situation. And, but from that day forward, Minnesota was still obsessed. And I think obsessed in a little way because they wanted to keep cat around, but yeah, it's just cause they were friends. Um, your original question on that. What was it?
5: Yeah, Wiggins in his future and coming. Oh guy yeah, yeah.
7: Yeah. After do uh, they
5: anticipate that.
7: Well, to, it felt like the way they were, um, I guess, you know, timing this out, it was, Wiggins was going to be up at the moment Jordan Poole's extension kicks in because Jordan Poole is still only going to make 3.9 million next season, even if he signs an extension, it doesn't trigger till that following season. That's when Wiggins is off the books. And yeah, I mean, part of the them using these lottery picks and this relayering was handing over these jobs at some point. They already thought James Wiseman would be the starting center. And there was no world in which they thought Kevon Looney would be like this. Um, <laughs> you know, emerging, still starting center that seems like the starting center for the next five years at this point. But uh, part of it has been Jonathan Kamiga and Moses Moody likely taking over the wing and guard spots. But Andrew Wiggins, and especially at his age and the way he's playing and the way he's proving to be a winning player, I think has maybe changed the equation a little bit. Mm. Uh, Then you start to look at some of the other contracts and the ages, you know, the Clay Thompson contract and age, the Draymond Green contract and age. And you do kind of wonder which – of these guys, if they decide to let any of these guys go to like, just like, I guess, suppress the money a little bit, who would it actually be? Because there's franchise legends everywhere. You wouldn't think it would, you wouldn't think it would be them, but you know, if we were just in this very cold hearted business to me, Wiggins in two seasons is probably going to matter more than like a Clay Thompson in two
5: seasons. Mm, What about more than Draymond Green? I would say certainly.
7: That's, yeah, yeah. Well, and then that's where, like, to me, the Kamingo Wiseman front court loonies emergence like, suddenly is like, do you want to come on losing on unrestricted free agent? What's he gonna yeah. cost now? Yeah. um, uh, Gary Payton II is in the like the but the other thing, and, and this will again test ownerships like, you can keep your guys, you're just gonna keep paying crazy tax money, but you yeah. can do it.
1: Um,
5: I need to ask about Wiseman because I kind of uh, in the first, I think it was game. Game one, maybe game uh, three, that there was just like a layup line. It felt like for Boston, they could just get anything at the room whenever they wanted. And I joked, oh, the Warriors should bring in James Wiseman. And all these people freaked out, like everybody's out on Wiseman. And I'm like, you know, it has been two years. LaMelo ball has looked pretty good, but I don't what's the deal with Wiseman? Is it injuries? Is it lacking confidence? Does he does he not love basketball? I I don't know.
7: It's all injuries. And that's the thing. Like, it's difficult have an opinion on Wiseman because he hasn't been on the floor. He played 39 games his rookie season um, and was – starting to, by the end, uh, you know, at at the moment he got hurt in his rookie season, they were starting to run more pick and rolls, which, which was the environment he needs to have. Basically he's not. And that is one of the issues, I think a little bit with the pick, like he's not a warrior system type player, like read and react, you know, high pin downs. And it's like, no, he's like a traditional, like big man, like set a bunch of high screens per game, roll, dive, pick and pop a little bit. He can shoot the three, Um, but he needs time to develop. He's very raw. And, Mm -hmm that would mean he needs to be on the court. And the problem is when he got hurt, you know, he tore his meniscus on a dunk attempt. And the thought was he was going to be back in December or January of this season. Uh, and then, but the knee swelled up again, he had to get a knee scope. Uh, it's just like it, the knee has not responded. And now we're at this point about 14 months since he tore that meniscus and he's still not back on the court. The hope it, he had to go to London, but me and Shams reported it the other day. Um, he had to go to London and, they they got like a it's kind of like a plasma therapy is it the kobe thing yeah it's like i think even in a more advanced version of it you oh. know I, I, like everything in science i guess advances but you mm. know it's um the, i mean he's feeling good at this point they're saying he, that he's going to be in contact this month they hope and probably playing in summer league um so it's just his career has stalled. He's basically yeah. going to be entering next season, his third season, making about 12 million, by the way, um, because he's a second overall pick. But yeah. his third season next season, and it's going to feel kind of like his rookie season.
5: Oh, man. You just, I'm, I don't know. You just start to think of guys like Greg Oden and maybe Damaged Goods at this point. I, I'm hope, hopeful for the guy. Uh, but wrapping up on the Warriors before we get to the Celtics, um, Steph Curry, what is your best guess on why he's able to do the damage that he's able to do at age 34 just totally dominating i thought game 4 was a jordan type performance anthony uh, in the finals i mean he put the team on his back on the road down 2-1 and I-, I don't know just sum up curry and you've covered him now for what 6 7 years
7: yeah yeah 7 um i would say his professionalism and like discipline to the craft to like his off-season work his mm-hmm. he enters training camp in like mid-season shape every year because he just like, <laughs> so it's he like just hold
5: works. on, Luka Doncic comes in like, you know, like fat Luca or whatever they joke. All these guys come in out of shape. Curry who's older. It comes in in great shape.
7: Yeah. I mean, that's that, that, that's who he is. That's how he's, I mean, just look at what he is from a strength perspective now. And you know, people go watch, like people should just go watch like the 2016 finals, even his unanimous MVP season. He's much skinnier. Mm. Uh, he's just, built his body really well, uh and and, and stayed disciplined to it and Uh, that's not easy to do I mean I think it takes you know an insane amount of time and and commitment and diet you know I know his diet's really good I mean it's a little bit like Chris Paul has extended his career because he completely altered his diet and and training regimen and you know everyone knows the LeBron James what's the two million in his body every season basically you know just (laughs) and and those guys elongated their prime and Steph Curry is is kind of the next in line of those guys doing it skill ages very well that's another thing like his shot was always going to age well but I just think now you, Jason Kidd said it in the second or in the conference finals he's like this is the most this is the most well-conditioned athlete in the league. I do think Jason Kidd's messaging about how, how great Steph was yeah. and how conditioned he was was kind of pointed at his superstar oh, yeah. a little bit but he wasn't wrong I mean Steph Curry just his durability his endurance is like it's shown in these playoffs um, and then the other thing is I've talked to his dad about this before the Currys kind of age well you know, Dell was like making threes until he was 38 years old. Now he's a different type of player, more of a role player. Mm-hmm. But if you look at his career, he aged really well. And I just, you know, some of that, uh, I guess, Steph says he like, you know, late maturity, essentially. Yes. Like he, yeah. Yeah.
5: Late bloomer, as they say, um, you, you've kind of, I, I know on social media, people I'm sure come after you with, cause you cover Curry a lot. It, it feels like the, the, I don't know if hate is the right word, the disdain for Curry, still remains despite all this greatness. Like people still don't want to give him props. I don't know what it is. I mean, I guess when you get near the top, Anthony, they're always going to be coming for you. Like it's happening with LeBron, but for whatever reason, like people just love Giannis. Oh, Giannis is so great. And I just, I don't see the universal praise and love for Curry, or maybe I'm looking in the wrong places.
7: Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but I've come to the opinion that like, you know, with social media, like every popular thing is going to have its, like, <laughs> it's going to have like three, three subsections where it's like, you have the stands, right. The people that are like so obsessed to the point that like, they will defend anything and everything that that human does. Then you have, I think the middle ground, which is like, like the people who just like properly yeah. appreciate slash analyze like what's going on. And then you have the other side. That's like people that just are trying to find anything and everything uh, that that's wrong it's a, with, it's a good way to put it. Yeah. And I just, you know, the more famous you are, and this is just goes beyond sports. The more famous you are, the more you, like all sides are loud really, because it's, we're talking about it way more. There's just more visceral, like emotional reaction to it. Steph Curry has his stands out there. Trust me. He has, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but he has the other side and, and, you know, the one thing like, it doesn't get to him. Like I think it gets to, to a lot of people um out there, but you know, and the other thing is it's becoming for anybody rational. It's becoming like very difficult to um, I guess, like criticize his career at all. I mean, cause at this point, especially if he finishes this off in the next couple of days, he's going to get the finals MVP. Like what blemish remains? I mean, we mm-hmm. we're we're basically going to, I mean, he's cemented in my opinion as like at least a top 15 player. And like, you know, I think there's starting to be more talk that it's basically point guard power rankings ever. It's going to be basically Magic Johnson and him like, you know, choose your fighter, basically.
5: Yeah, I would agree with that. I've been I've been pushing that for a while. I you know, I I got people saying, what about Jason Kidd and Isaiah Thomas? And I, I just I, I don't think he's close, Anthony. I mean, maybe maybe I fall closer to the stand category for Curry than, than the middle ground. Yeah. But
7: well, I, it's not even close. Yeah, I mean, look, three titles of probably you know might be four i mean at this point we would say likely going to be four um a unanimous yeah a unanimous mvp the only one ever i mean that's the 73 win season was like i know they didn't cap it off but like that's something i mean greatest season ever very like obviously the greatest shooter ever right that's even the people that would uh, be a little bit down on curry would say like well he is the greatest shooter of all time i mean that's at this point in of the nba like maybe the most important skill in the nba and he's the greatest to ever do it with that skill um you know guys like jason kidd like how many titles does jason kidd have? Like one? I, I
5: think i think one with dallas yeah
7: where he was like a the fifth guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean so that like some guys at their peak maybe and one of the one of the issues with curry's legacy i guess you could say was he got started a little bit late right because the ankle mm. injuries derailed him he was two or three years in college you wondered yeah he was his star burned so bright during the unanimous mvp season but you know he he he, like i remember when i was covering him and katie at the same time You looked at career point totals and katie was always way ahead because he came in quicker and he just like mm. right away it was like 20 point per game score but now like the way curry is just shoveling stats in on the back end <laughs> yeah. and really not looking like he's stopping anytime soon i mean he's going to enter next season as a top 10 player with, on a contender um, and if he plays another 70 games like he's building a resume that again i think is is to this point especially if he finishes off this week pretty obviously mm-hmm. top 12 top 15 ever
2: there's no distance too far for the perfect trip <laughs> Hey, checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you coming and when you get access to resi priority notify with your amex platinum card hey this looks amazing i'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel it's worth the trip that's the powerful backing of american express terms apply learn more at americanexpresscom slash with amex
5: it hasn't really been noted, but he's doing this against the defensive player of the year in Marcus smart. And I know a lot of it is the high screen and there's a lot of switches. And sometimes he's a matchup with Derek white, who's a solid defender, but I need to ask about the Celtics. Like Marcus smart supposedly this great defender, but it, to me, it's been Robert Williams has been the most impactful guy for the Celtics. When he's on the court, they're winning when he's off the court, they're losing. Like it kind of is that simple.
7: Yeah. I think, it, I think Robert Williams is like plus 14 and 30 minutes in game five. And, yeah, Al Horford, who they were basically splitting with him at times, was minus nineteen. I agree with you, Robert Williams. Like beyond like the Marcus Smart discussion, which we can talk about. Like Robert Williams has been so impressive in the series, like dragging his knee around. There's been like six times in the series I've like, oh, he's done. You know, he's on the floor <laughs> grabbing at his knee. He's limping. He's calling out of the game in Game Four, um, and then it's suddenly he's just whatever they do to him during these off days, he shows up and he's blocking every shot to start the next game. Um, so I, I like. He clearly is maybe. I mean, maybe this is a commentary on why rim protectors and bigs from a defensive perspective are more important than like point of attack guys. But he has been to me the heart of their defense at least against the Warriors. Um, Marcus Smart. No, he's pretty beat up too. I think it's kind of an, you know, remember the really bad ankle sprain he had against Miami. He had a right foot issue that made him actually miss game one of that Miami series. Mm -hmm. I think he's a little worn down, especially his style of play. I mean, it's kind of conducive to beating. He kind of beats himself up the way he dives around. Um, but the other thing, you know, you talk to Boston people and this is another thing about Curry. They're like, usually Marcus smart wears down guys. And I think this, you know, <laughs> goes back to, to Steph Curry's endurance level. It's just like, he doesn't really look worn down.
5: Yeah. Um, you know, who looks worn down is Brown and Tatum. Uh, I know they're not, <laughs> they're not coming off the court, yeah. but as you, you noted the minutes earlier, uh, you know, Jalen Brown started off, remember the MVP talk when they were up two one, it was like, Oh, Jalen Brown could win the MVP. He's at 40% shooting 30% from three and he's a turnover machine when it matters. And I know people are killing Tatum for the turnovers, but he's in the same stratosphere as, Oh, LeBron and Wade for turnovers in the playoffs. Like I, I don't, if anyone has let down in the last couple of games for me, it's been Jalen Brown big time.
7: Yeah. You know, it's people, even coming in the series when they talk about the Celtics turnovers and there's that stat when it's like 16 or more turnovers, they like yeah. always lose under, they pretty much always win. Um, but Jalen Brown's handle is kind of sloppy. Um, neither of them are like crisp passers. I remember, you know, they played Dallas a, a worse team in the conference finals, the Warriors played, but the way Luca would get downhill. And when the Warriors like brought help, he all, you could tell, he just always saw exactly where the help was coming and it was just pinpoint like, Mm -hmm. diagonal pass across the court right to somebody's shooting pocket and he made so many unbelievable passes in that series and then you know reggie bullock was just clanking a three you know warriors (laughs) one but it was you're just like what like that is a passer right there whereas with Jalen brown and jason tatum I, i i think they're rightfully gotten some praise this season for you know i guess improving their playmaking but it's clearly not like luca type natural or even like you know obviously a lebron type natural but like a really high level playmaking forward you just see the not only the limitations i think with them because like they get the warriors just believe they throw that if they throw traffic around those guys they kind of frantically pass out Mm. tip the ball all that whereas um I, and they don't. Also, the other thing, and I like Marcus Smart, great player. You mentioned defensive player of the year. Not really a true point guard. No, you know. So they, they don't really have a true point guard. I just think, yeah,
5: yeah that's a great point. And and it just got me thinking. Listen to that. Like I know that boy, was it? Brad Stevens who said well, there's no more point guard and power forward. It's just like you know ball handler, wing, and bigs, right? The problem is you need that point guard to kind of run the offense. When Curry is running the high pick and roll, you know what's happening. Like, you got a great ball handler. He's going to make the good reads. Same with Luka and some of these best teams. I just – Tatum, he seems to be worn down running the offense. Marcus Smart can't, and Jalen Brown doesn't have the handle. And and I think it's really showing up here the last two games. Haven't they gotten crushed in the fourth quarter?
7: Yeah, they have. And, you know, I think I saw something out there that – Jason Tatum hasn't dunked since like in like over two weeks. And it was, I believe before he remember that shoulder injury, it looked like season might be done you know, they like walked him into the tunnel and like, you know, there've been a couple of times, even in the series, I think it was a drive and either at the start of game three or four under the basket, he got fouled and he stood under the stanchion, like shaking his shoulder and elbow off for like, you know, know. basically 90 seconds. Like the crowd had to like clap him back to the line finally. Um, So maybe. Was that
5: that on a Draymond foul? Do you remember?
7: Might've been. It was, it was early in one of the games. It was early in the, I remember hmm. that um, he
5: hasn't dunked in two. that. That is strange because he, he's a dunking machine. Remember he dunked on LeBron yeah. famously uh, in the Easter conference finals. A few well, years just back. think
7: about this series. Like the Warriors do not have a shot blocker. Like Draymond Green is not what he used to be as a leaper. Kevon Looney is like ground bound to the max. And like, yeah. they just don't even have, they don't, I mean, Andrew Wiggins is their, is their best shot blocker. And it's not like he's some high flyer, yeah. uh, at least from a defensive perspective. Um, But you know, with Tatum, it's, or with generally I think back to your point with the roster building, like the Brad Stevens, like, you know, Hey, maybe you do need a traditional point guard in there. I kind of get that like their style is to like have just defensive menaces everywhere. And I think it's, worked you know they won the east pretty easily like they've definitely you know if if a game goes a little bit better here or there if they can close out you know four like they could win the title and they still to this point they could win the title in the next six days so i think their roster building has worked in a sense but i think when you do have such a defensive bulldog team where you're making sure you have no weaknesses there are give and takes and like you know a lot of times, traditional point guards are not good defenders. They're targets, yeah. um, and they don't <laughs> want that, but at the, but there are drawbacks to that, and I think you're seeing it on the other side. The Warriors are just kind of shutting the Celtics down in the series.
5: Yeah, you read my mind. I was going to say, uh, let's see some more Peyton Pritchard over Derek White, but the Warriors hunt him as soon as he's on the court, right? I mean, Yeah. Peyton, well, Pritch-
7: yeah. Yeah, Clay Thompson uh, loves the team, right? Clay Thompson is always like, "Ball, ball, come on!" Yeah, come yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
5: all right, Anthony Slater, the athletic, great stuff, C- continued success covering the team, and uh, hopefully the Warriors wrap it up uh, Thursday, so you can, um, you know, get some uh, get some vacation in. <laughs> hey,
7: I've already taken this far. I wouldn't mind a nice Game Seven, right? Oh would, yeah. Can you, I, you imagine know, the <laughs> tension of Game Seven if it comes
5: Sunday night? If it happens, all right, Anthony Slater, the athletic, good
0: stuff, man. Thanks a lot.
7: All right, thanks for having. Me.